This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. It's been a while since we've done a Monday episode. Yes, we're back. We haven't really gone anywhere. We just had a lot of content to get through particularly our expert investor episodes and rather than continuously hang on to them we thought we'd get them out because it was only fair to everyone involved that we released some of the episodes that we had and we've taken the time off to sort out some great content coming for the second half of the year so back now every Monday you and I talking stocks that's it that's it <laughs> back to what we know back to what we're good at yes well, maybe not good at but back to back to what we know yes that's right ren so very excited for the second half of the year we've as i said taken some time to consider what we can do with these monday episodes to continue to add value to everyone in our audience both beginners intermediate and advanced and we've got some exciting content we're going to be reviving the hypothetical portfolio that's which is it. that's it which your, is huge your plan was to save that until the end of the episode and you've already gone off script <laughs> I've, I've really front run that one but yeah. uh, that's okay among a bunch of other exciting things so stay tuned for the monday episodes coming up yeah, and the Thursday episodes. Well, absolutely. The Thursday episodes are our expert investors and we love talking to them. And we've got some awesome guests coming up as well. So a good second half of the year coming. I'm, I'm really excited for it, Ren, including with our Get Started Investing podcast, which if you haven't listened to already and you are at the start of your investing journey or perhaps would just like to scrub up on a few of the basics, then head across to your podcast platform and search Get Started Investing 
has been the number one ranked business podcast on the iTunes charts for the last week, which is massive for us, Rain. We're really happy about that. But go over there and listen to a 12-part series on everything you need to feel confident about getting into the markets. Bryce actually wanted to come back for a Monday episode specifically to crow about the fact that we hit number one. So <laughs> right, it's, a, it's a big deal. Everybody get around him. <laughs> so yes, that's enough from an admin point of view. Ren, we are here to do our Ask Us Anything episode for July. We haven't done one since April and there's just been so many great questions come in over the last two months that we've had to go through and, and pick and choose a few that we thought would be applicable to the audience given what's going on at the moment. So Yeah, and look, we're getting too many questions to answer in one episode. Everyone knows how I love to waffle and Bryce has given me the stern don't speak too long in this episode <laughs> and even still we had to cull questions. But we do have a Facebook discussion group where it's not just you know Bryce and I, it's thousands of like-minded equity mates, some a lot more knowledgeable than us that are there interacting every day, answering questions. So facebook.com slash groups slash equity mates. If you don't get your question answered on the show or you want to ask a question to get answered on the show, that's the place to do it. Absolutely. We are as active as we can be on these communities, but there's just so much to keep up with. Apologies if you're looking for a direct response from Ren and I, but Ren yeah, mostly finds himself deep in uh, DMs on Instagram. So if you want to touch <laughs> it, if you want to get him that way, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> Worth touching on, Ren, that we have had a lot of tax questions come through. Obviously, given you know we're coming to the end of the financial year, that's understandable, but we'd just like to say that we've decided that it's probably not best for us to be answering those well, questions. We've decided and also the government has decided that we shouldn't give personal advice and that's a great decision by the government because we shouldn't <laughs> be giving advice. personal advice. We yes. don't know your personal circumstances and we are not giving advice on the show. We're talking in generalities. But we are going to take the themes of the tax questions and try and get a tax expert on as we near the end of the financial year. But yeah, look, we, we hear the questions, we see the questions, we're not ignoring them. We're just going to get someone better than us to answer some of them. If you are a tax expert and would like to join us on the show, obviously give your business a bit of a plug or whatever it may be, then reach out to us and we'd love to chat. So shall we kick off, Ren? Ask us anything for month of July. Let's do it. And I'm going to kick it off with a question that got your back up a little bit, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so this question, I'm not going to name the listener. <laughs> Wanted to know why there's a delay between when we record episodes and then when we release episodes. That is because we're recording in the case and islands for tax advantages <laughs> and it takes so long for it no as i said we had a pretty big content schedule at the start of the year and for once had a bit of a structure about how we went about things and then covid came and we felt like we needed to address what was going on in the markets at the time so we had to put a, a few of our interviews on hold for a while and that is the reason for the release in delay and uh, you know we can turn these things around pretty quickly but Given what was going on at the market, we thought it was more valuable to talk about it than not. So that is our reason for delay, but we've all caught up. Now, Ren, this one is for you. Knowing your history with Slater and Gordon, Jake would like to hear your thoughts on it now as an investment after losing 99.9% of your value. 99.5%. 99.5% of your trade, uh, so much so that you can't even sell it because you don't have enough in there to cover the brokerage. What are your thoughts on it as an investment going forward? Don't do it. Okay. Oh, look, I mean... You know, the bank owns most of it, but I mean, it's there's just better stuff out there. I made the mistake once. I'm not going to make it again. Sounds emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once bitten, twice shy. I mean, obviously, 
Slater and Gordon isn't in the the ballpark of your Hurts and your JC Pennies, which have got a lot of media coverage recently. But what I've taken from this COVID period is there's a lot of stocks that get a lot of headlines that aren't great companies. It's not worth it. There are better companies out there. So for me, it's like, you know, you, you think about Warren Buffett's, you know, punch card. He talks about only investing in 20 stocks in your lifetime and really waiting for the right pitch, waiting for those, you know, hit them out of the park, 10 bag, 100 bag stocks. Slater and Gordon proved me wrong, but I don't think you're going to be one of them. Uh, I'd like to just hear your brief thoughts on this. Jake finished the question with Slater and Gordon even has names like Merrill Lynch in its top holders register. Does that bear any weight? How would you think about that? Not really. I mean, investment banks and big institutions own a lot of stocks. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, all right. Next one. Got a couple of questions on super. And the, the main theme is basically, what do I do with my super during this COVID period? Obviously, stocks tanked and then they've risen a lot. You know, uh, should people be switching from bullish to bearish, from aggressive to defensive to cash? How should people be thinking about their super? I'll answer this personally because everyone has different circumstances, but given my age, this for me is I'm going to be doing absolutely nothing with my super. I've put in a fair bit of time and effort just to ensure that the super fund that I am in, pretty good fees and is, I guess, balanced in a way that's reflective of how I feel about the market and my age and I can take a bit more of an aggressive approach, but otherwise no change for me. You, Ren? I'm the same. I'm in an aggressive super portfolio. I remained aggressive. I don't plan on retiring soon. And for me, there's a long period and let it, let it ride. Yeah. Trying to position your super to take advantage of month-on-month changes in markets is completely against, in my opinion, the idea of superannuation being set up as a long-term investment vehicle. You can play the short-term month-on-month game with cash outside of that. And we don't even recommend doing that. No, (laughs) if you want to. (laughs) Next question came in from Sash, and it's about dividend reinvestment plans. For people unfamiliar with the term, it's when the company pays a dividend to its shareholders and you're a shareholder, rather than taking the cash, the company takes the cash that you would have got and buys more shares for you. So it's a way to increase your holding in the company. What's your position on dividend reinvestment plans and how do you uh, think about them personally? Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All stocks that I have the option to do a DRP or dividend reinvestment plan, I have that box ticked. For me, I don't need the cash coming in from a dividend payment. Righto, money bags. <laughs> <laughs> it's because the cash isn't enough. <laughs> no, I, I don't need the cash. And this all comes into the whole compound effect, Ren. If you can continuously have your dividends reinvested into the company, obviously you're going to be building more and more equity in that company. And over time, that's going to grow. And that's where the compound effect comes into play in a big way. So for me, keep it as is. My approach is a little bit different. If I love the company and I want to keep it forever and accumulate more of it, then I go dividend reinvestment. And that's most of my investments. If I am not, you know, super hot on the company or, you know, I think I'm already overweight it, I just take the cash, but I don't ever take it out of my brokerage account. Yeah, that's good. It, it sits in cash and then it gets reinvested into another stock or an index. Um, I think the most important thing is you're not... Unless you need the cash to fund your lifestyle, don't take it out of your brokerage account. Get it back in the market either through the dividend reinvestment plan or by just keeping it there, putting more cash in your account and investing in another stock. Yeah. Don't go to the pub with it. No. Which I have done at university, I must admit. I think I got a dividend and took it to the pub, which was a massive mistake and I've learned from that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ren. So this one's coming from Eleanor. Her parents have a broker and she was wondering whether she should use their broker to invest compared to creating an account and doing it on her own? Look, I think there's probably a general principle, which is you don't need a full service broker on the most part, at least this is my opinion. You can transact at a lot lower cost through online only brokers. That's what we use personally. If you're a high, really high net wealth individual and you want the full service that comes with the broker, you know, the recommendations, the portfolio management, whatever they offer, it may be worth it for your parents, maybe worth it for you if you've got heaps of money, but on the whole, I would say it's not worth the extra cost. And even if your parents are paying that cost, it's probably not worth you paying that cost early in your investing journey. Mm. I mean, if Eleanor doesn't have to pay anything and her parents are covering it, then go for it. But well, yeah, yeah. okay. If, you, if your parents are going to pay for something and you're happy to take money from them, then sure, that principle applies for everything. Should I buy a house? Yeah, if your parents are paying for it, go for it. But yeah, look, I think assuming that you're going to be paying that cost, probably not worth it. If it's something where your parents pay, you know, a flat fee a year and you get unlimited trades on it and you can piggyback on that, so your incremental cost to trade is zero, well then sure, it's 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 the cheapest option for you. So yeah, for me, the, the thing is, what's the lowest cost to trade? Yeah. Lowest cost to invest. Yes. All right, question for you. Now, obviously, we are living through unprecedented times and there's a lot of money printing and interest rates being dropped by reserve banks around the world. So what do you think the potential impacts of this will be and how do you position your portfolio accordingly? Huge question. Massive question. <laughs> okay, so generally speaking, so the RBA governor, I think yesterday, Philip Lowe came out and said that he expects 
interest rates to remain incredibly low for a very long period of time. That's obviously indicating from him that he thinks the economy is going to need stimulation in the form of interest rate policy over the next few years. What impact does this have? Well, it means that cash in your bank account is not going to be generating much return, which is why, obviously, we've been suggesting trying to get a returns through the stock market. It means, obviously, borrowing money is going to be cheap, but that can lead to asset prices such as housing going up because investors can access money cheaper. Um, that is one impact. Printing money, on the other hand, what we're seeing over in the States at the moment is the huge amount of money that is being printed by the Federal Reserve, and this is increasing the monetary supply. And in short terms, I guess that is going to create some form of inflation where it devalues the, the value of your currency or what you can purchase over a period of time. How I position my portfolio with this, so for me, I look at, okay, if interest rates are you know, one and a half percent, I can easily get that pretty risk-free sitting that in my bank account. So I'd be looking to generate returns above one and a half percent through my investments in the stock market. That is a very simple way of looking at it. And you also need to include inflation on top of that. But without going into too much detail, you can look at the interest rate as sort of your risk-free rate in, in your bank account at the moment. And if you can get a better return than that in the stocks, then it might be a better investment. Yeah, I think the only thing I would add to that is that investments are relative. And if you think about currency as a store of value, as more currency is printed, the value of the currency is diminished. And we're seeing that in the US at the moment as the US dollar weakens against most investments and also things like gold. And even you could say it's weakening against things like stocks. Like the fact that stock prices are rising is in some ways the currency weakening against the relative value of stocks. That's a long way of saying I would not be holding cash mm. in a currency where there's a lot of printing going on. Mm. I would be holding other assets. So like personally, I've put some more money into gold. I've put some money into stocks. You basically want to hold assets that will hold their value if a currency is weakening. So stocks are one, gold is a big one. People talk about Bitcoin. Real estate can be one. These things will all appreciate in value relative to the currency that they're valued in. The worst thing you can do in a low interest rate environment when the Reserve Bank is printing heaps of money is just hold heaps of cash because they will lose value. We had an interview recently with Jesse Felder and also Tobias Carlyle that I would recommend going and listening to. We spoke about some pretty big macro themes in those interviews, particularly with Jesse Felder. So if you want a bit more of a deep dive into the printing money and interest rate side of things, we spoke about it with him. So check that out. Next question has come in from Rob Duncan Wren. This is a good one. How can a person focus on their circle of competence in the share market and choose stocks they know, but then still be diversified enough not to be at risk? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And for people unfamiliar with the term circle of competence, let's start there. It's basically invest in what you know, invest in what you understand, invest in what you can analyse. So I'm not investing in a lot of mining stocks or like mining explorers because I don't know that industry very well. And I couldn't tell you you know, the results of exploratory mining expeditions and what they're finding in core samples and stuff like that from, 
you know, anything else. So you want to invest in things you know. And when, when we talk about circle of competence, I often think about you, Bryce, who seems to only invest in retail stocks. You work in retail, you know <laughs> retail, your circle of competence is retail. And so that's what you invest in. Not entirely and, true, but yes, you could make that and assumption. And you do, do pretty well between Afterpay, Baby Bunting and City Shake. You're sitting on a uh, pretty small fortune through your retail investments. But that comes to the second part of the question, and I reckon that's a really good observation that if your circle of competence is small, does that lead to a lack of diversity in your portfolio? Does that, you know, in Bryce's case, does that lead to being 100% retail stocks? And I think the most important thing is that you're constantly trying to expand your circle of competence, that your circle of competence is never static. It's not only an exercise in putting money in the market, but it's also got to be an exercise in in learning more about different companies and different industries. And for Bryce, who's very static and isn't really trying to expand his horizons or expand his mind in any meaningful way... <laughs> Again, not his, true. <laughs> ..his circle of competence is stuck at retail. <laughs> and so if there was a retail apocalypse his stocks would go to zero. But what Bryce should be doing is reading and learning and finding out about different companies in different industries so his circle of competence can expand and his stock portfolio can expand with that. And I think while you're going through that journey, while you're going through that process, the best way to ensure you're well diversified is to also just have your you know, core holdings of indexes and thematic ETFs and potentially managed funds as well. And that gives you some diversity, even if your personal circle of competence isn't very broad. I agree with everything you've just said, Ren, but I would also say that in building a very strong circle of competence, you are reducing your risk in the sense that if you know, let's just take retail as an example, if you just become so well versed and know the ins and outs of retail, you can create a portfolio that in itself could be diversified enough within your circle of competence that you're lowering your risk rather than spraying and praying across a whole bunch of industries. That's just one way to look at I it. Actually, so, I actually don't agree with that, but that, that, that's, that's fair. But, I, think, I think you're right in terms of like individual stock risk. If you know the stocks well and if you know the industries well, you're not going to invest in the Slater and Gordons of your industries. Exactly, you're not going to invest yeah. in You're not going to spray and pray. But the flip side of that is there are definitely risks that you cannot avoid if you're just concentrated in one industry. So, for example, you could pick the best retail stocks in the world, but if Australia gets whacked with a extremely deep recession and consumer spending halves, retail is going to hurt. And those large macro risks are unavoidable. Or similarly, if Amazon lifts its game in Australia and just smokes every other stock, then... Great, being Amazon. Well, yeah, I own Amazon. <laughs> if you if you circle of competence is retail, you own Amazon. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, I think... Um, There's two parts to it. I think it's just don't be fearful of having a tight circle of competence, but also to your point, don't let that stop you from exploring other things because there will be a moment where you need to know. Yeah, yeah. And I guess a good way to diversify within a circle of competence is to look outside your, your home country. Yeah. So time. if your circle of competence is retail, don't just invest in Australian retail. Apply the knowledge and the, the skills that you have to analyse overseas retail as well, because then that, that lowers the risk of like individual... Australia wipeout. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope that answers the question. Next question comes in from Lucy, and there's two questions, so I'll ask you one and then I'll ask you the second one. So the first one is, do you have to individually register stocks, ETFs, and LICs on ComputerShare? 
From my personal experience, I've never had to individually register them because that's done through the purchasing process. But if you're unsure what computer share is or a, a stock registry, you should go and, and research it. Essentially, this is where you can make decisions on dividend reinvestment plans and, and those sorts of things. And there's not just one registry, there are multiple. So depending on which company you own, they go through a particular registry, you might have a number of different ones. So yep, you can definitely go and log in and see which ones apply to you. But in my experience, I haven't had to individually register. Have you, Ren? No, I haven't. Yeah. And can I just say a message to Link Market Services and Computer Share? Call it on the amount of paper letters. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. So Link Market Share, Computer Share are the two majors. I think there's a third as well. I, it, my, the name escapes me. But yeah, you shouldn't have to, but definitely be aware that there is a middleman at the moment between your broker and yourself where your stocks are actually sitting registered and can go in, in there and make decisions on things like, as I said, your dividend reinvestment plan and those sorts of things. And then the second question that comes in from Lucy is around the form you have to fill out if you want to invest in US stocks, the W8 Ben form. So the question is, when do you have to fill that form out? And do you have to fill it out, you know, at a, a regular interval or something like that? Again, personal experience, depending on your broker, they'll either do it on your behalf or you can fill it in when you sign up or purchase the stocks. And I think it's a, once you've done it, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I've never had to refill it out. So, Stake fills it out for you. Yeah, they do it all yeah, for you. I invest in a lot of US stocks through IG and you have to fill it out yourself, but you do it through the platform. It's, it's not that difficult. Yeah, right. And you do it before you start buying. Beforehand. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, that brings us to the end of some of the... Yeah, you were getting up me for talking too long and we've actually ripped through these questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, but that's good. Nice and short and sharp, Ren. But to close this episode out, we're going to do a Ren speed round. There are a, a, a couple of good questions that have come in that Ren reckons he could answer in... A sentence. 30 characters or less <laughs> a in, in a tweet. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Ren the questions and he's going to hit me and then we'll close out with uh, one before we wrap this up. So... Here we go. Ren's speed round. This is from Travis. What is the worst outcome for the share market? Biden getting elected or Trump getting re-elected? Who knows? But you'd have to think Trump getting re-elected. Am I allowed a follow-up question? Uh, well, it's, it's your speed round. You do what you want. What is your theory behind this? I think eight years of Trump is going to be a problem. Like the, the Fed has done a lot to keep the stock market going recently, but there will be long-term structural things that come into play, like the, the big ones being, you know, the global trade environment and stuff like that. Yeah, my sub follow-up question to that is, will a new administration make any difference towards the simmering tensions between China and America? Or is that well beyond who is in power in America? Yeah, 100%. I think, I mean, the, the two big things are that if you have disputes with China, but you're doing it in a you know, like a values-based framework, which is, you know, what sort of Obama, how Obama interacted with China. And then secondly, doing it with your allies rather than unilaterally, it, it will make a massive difference. It won't solve the problems, obviously, but this, you know, ad hoc personality-based trade war that we seem to be descending into again is, is not good for anyone. And the fact that Trump has managed to lose all international support for his Wuhan virus-inspired China bashing, it's not a good situation at all. Mm. Yeah. Next question. This one has come in from Kush and Ren. How do you think about investing in emerging markets and what are some ways that you can do it? 
ETFs are fine, but market cap weighted may not be the best way to do it. Potentially look at managed funds. Sub question: Can you explain what market you gotta cap? Stop, you gotta do <laughs> Can you explain what a market cap weighted ETF is? Most indexes are market cap weighted, and it's the bigger you buy more of the bigger stocks and less of the smaller stocks. And potentially in emerging markets where you know there's big growth companies and there's established incumbent players that may not have a lot of growth in them and it's sort of government supported in some instances. Potentially, you want someone to apply their expertise to picking the right stocks rather than just buying an index of the biggest stocks. And in saying that, I own emerging market ETFs, but obviously local knowledge and expertise is probably more relevant there than in, you know, the S&P 500 or the ASX 200. A great example of the market-weighted example, Ren, is just before we started the show, you came across the stat that between the Fang stocks and Microsoft, they now make up 25% of the value of the S&P 500. So if you put that into perspective, that is six stocks, I think it is, six out of the top 500 stocks in America now make up 25% of the total value, which is absolutely ridiculous. But if you then compare, uh, put that into the market-weighted index, if you're buying an S&P 500, which most of them on the market at the moment are market cap-weighted, you're ETF will be 25% weighted in favor of these six stocks. So it's going to take a lot of movement from the remaining 494 quick math. <laughs> 494 <laughs> stocks to, to move the dial in a direction other than the way that the big four, five or six tech companies are going. So just because you think you've bought all 500 of them, it's pretty much reliant on the performance of those tech stocks. Although... Not a bad bet which at is this not, point. <laughs> yeah, which is not a, a bad thing, but just keep that in mind that you really are buying into those big ones. All right, next one from Tyler. I'd love to hear about why investing in water and water ETFs might be a good idea as a long-term investment option. I'm thinking about how to answer this in a short time frame. So let me say this. In the same way that people made more money selling picks and shovels to gold miners than mining for gold, Potentially, you don't want to invest in water, but you want to invest in companies that will benefit from water scarcity. Nice. Good answer. Next one, Adam. Best options for investing on behalf of your children? Is it bonds, ETFs, term deposits? What's your thoughts? So I think the principles here apply exactly the same as long-term investing personally. Your kids just get an extra 20 or 30 years on you. Definitely not term deposits probably not bonds. You want to look at what's given going to... Given current environment. Uh, almost given any environment, unless interest rates go to close to double digits again. You want to get things that will appreciate a lot and you, you can take risk because there's such a long time horizon for your kids. So you'd be looking at ETFs and stocks. This one's come in from Fiona and this is a, an all-time classic that we always get. You're a 25-year-old Ren, not far off it, and uh, the best option to invest 10K that you've just freshly received, hot off the press, what would you do? Stocks. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> not ob Oh, yeah, pretty obviously. Um, but in terms of what stock, I mean, you know, we don't give personal advice and given my recent stock of the year performance, you shouldn't listen to my personal advice. But if you're not sure, if you don't have a company that you have a really high conviction over, there's nothing wrong with just putting it in an index or putting it in a managed fund. 
Well, we can put share some personal experience to this. Both you and I have put a similar amount to this into the market quite recently through a off-market purchase through Magellan. We have. So, but we don't give. No, that's very personal. Just between you and I, <laughs> yes. I hope the microphones aren't picking this up. <laughs> but uh, that's what we did. We've uh, gone down the management route just to see what it's like, and we really love what the Magellan guys are doing. So, next one from Hayden. Ren, why are you always so excited in every episode? <laughs> you got to love what you do. That's and right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an exciting time getting to speak to all these experts. So why wouldn't you be excited? Absolutely. Hayden, you should be as excited to listen as I am to talk to them. <laughs> Apologies if it's Hadden, but anyway, yes, Ren's always excited. I'm always excited because Ren's excited and I'm, and I'm hoping that carries through. I'm just trying to bring Bryce's energy up. It's a little low <laughs> of late. Come on, mate. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of Ren's speed round and... And not we, that speedy. Not that speedy, but uh, we've got one question to close this out, and that's from Andrew, and he says, seeing as the markets have been turned upside down recently, what is your new stock pick of the year? Now, to refresh... Hurts. To, <laughs> <laughs> I think you missed the boat. <laughs> but uh, to refresh everyone on our two stock picks, I did uh, City Chic <laughs> and, and Alec did Atomos. We haven't really checked where they're up to. We'll do a review of... We should do a bold prediction review, given that we're getting halfway through the year. So we'll, we'll mark that down for things to come. But we thought we'd leave this one as a bit of a cliffhanger. As I said at the start of the show, we've been thinking about some new things that we can do over the second half of the year. And we absolutely want to revive our hypothetical portfolio, as well as start up the Equity Mates People portfolio. So we're going to be doing that over the next six months and very much looking forward to getting some ideas and thoughts and getting some of you guys onto the show to help us create what is going to be an index beating portfolio, fingers crossed. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Long your stock of the year, short my stock of the year, we would we should be, be sweet. rich. <laughs> <laughs> so keep your eyes peeled for that. We're going to be reaching out to our Facebook group. So if you're not part of that, then head across to Equity Mates Investing Discussion Group and join the fun and games that are happening over there. It's, it's a lot of fun. So as we said, keep the questions coming. We certainly do see them all and apologies if we can't get to all of them. There's a lot going on at the moment. So appreciate everyone's questions. And Ren will leave it until next week. We finished in pretty good time. We did. Surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. 
Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.